This is the Death of a Dream podcast with your host, Hannah Ness. We're all here. Welcome. <laughs> Let's go ahead and ground ourselves in our greatness. As a reminder, you can go on my website, nessinc.com, and fill out your great thing so we can celebrate together. Sister, I want to meet you here and continue this celebration space for one another. So my great thing, this is how we start every single podcast here at the Death of a Dream, grounding ourselves in our greatness. My great thing from over the weekend was really finding intent, continued intention, which is my word, for... Um, for 2020. Sorry, my husband just messaged me and it popped up on my Instagram. <laughs> and I got distracted. Okay. So <laughs> the I found intention through my weekend and continued on my streak. And that's how I like to think about um, my dreams or my goals. I always have to kind of streak myself out before I can add new things in. So we're in about a two-week streak of eating healthy and finding intention with our food choices in our household. And one of the bigger pieces of that really was financially sticking to eating in and staying focused on the importance of not only from a financial standpoint, but also from a, a physical health standpoint, finding intention with what we're putting in our bodies and making sure that we know exactly what's going into them. Because I think a lot of times you fall subject to trusting other people to put the right things in your body. And if you didn't listen to one of my episodes where I just went off about the world and how it's set up and, and how most of our food systems are developed around making money. Duh, that's how the world goes around. But first and foremost, they're trying to make money. And so that means a lot of times those things that are being developed to put in your body are being developed around addiction and not around... <laughs> your best interests, right? They just want you to eat more and more and more and more and more, right? Um, and so we've been trying to step away from that. And we continued our two-week streak, even through this weekend where we were literally going mad. We didn't leave the house. It's been kind of crazy weather. And there was really no reason for us to leave. And we almost went mad. And a lot of times that looks like, like, just save us. Can we at least just go out to eat somewhere in town? We're going insane. And we didn't. And so continuing that streak really was my great thing. And that a lot of times falls on me because I have to be willing to cook and clean and do all the things. Um, my husband helps, uh, but it's just different. And if you don't know anything about me, here's a little heads up about this gal right here. I am a control freak and I can tell you right now, if you don't do it exactly as I envision it, it's probably going to just be easier for me to do it. And so household chores fall on me, but that isn't because my husband isn't willing. It's because I'm not willing to um, suffer through that space. And I don't want to be that wife who's like, um, 
the towels need to be folded in three parts and then folded over and this is how you put them away and this is how like I don't quite understand how you can just fold laundry with no categories or structure like I understand our three and six-year-olds clothes are relatively close in size. So we're talking about a little girl's extra small and a little girl's medium and everywhere in between. So some stuff is small, some stuff is extra small, but <laughs> I understand that that gets confusing, but I don't understand how you can just put pants and shirts and underwear and tank tops and they're all in the same pile. Like I understand that's like Hannah's pile, but the lack of categorization really drives me crazy when I'm going to put it away because he's not going to put it away. And when I am, that means that I basically have to one by one unstructure every single pile only to restructure and recategorize for myself before I can put it away. And so it's just four times the work. And why would we go there? I mean, come on. So anyways, love the man to death. He's beautiful. He means well. He's trying to fold and help and it's not very helpful. Love you. Sorry. Um, so anyways, there are just things that I envision and not that you can't help me, just that, yeah, you probably aren't going to be very helpful, uh, in some instances. And so I take that on myself, but that means every day I have to wake up spot on for things to not fall off. Now that can be hard to do. But I am telling you, it's those habits, it's that willingness to outlast the growing pains of that, right? This weekend, we had kind of hit a wall. And it's like, no, let's just eh, this eating healthy thing. And it really was showing back up intentional about keeping with this goal and this journey. And that's not to say like, in a week, we aren't going to be like, you know, let's just go out to eat. And almost that would be such a great test. Like, can we do that and come back and still stay focused and structured in the way that we are right now? So my great thing over the weekend really was staying in flow. And I think weekends in are, are seemingly easy because it's like you have all this time. But that's exactly why they're the hardest people, right? When you have all this time, it's like, okay, I'm just going to sit, I'm going to sit here for just 20 more minutes and I want to watch this episode and then one episode turns into seven and then all of a sudden you're like, but I'm so comfy and cozy, I can't leave here, right? Or that's what I get like. If I just stay here a little bit longer, it's okay. Just one more episode. And then it's like 12 episodes in. It's time to go to bed. And you did nothing all day. I am telling you in my mind, right? And I fell to this one other time in my life where I'm like, I'm just going to be sitting here. It's all good. Uh, you have all the time in the world, right? And that's when it's hardest to stay structured when you have all the time in the world. I had two days where I had absolutely nothing on my agenda. And those were the two days where I struggled the hardest to stay up with my goal writing, with my planning, with my house structure, because I had all the time in the world 
right? And because really it was my decision, I didn't have to stay on a structured schedule. I didn't have to do X, Y, and Z to be successful. I could do anything, any timeline I wanted. And those are the hardest days to show back up. So, okay. So I'm going to tell you before I wrap this longest, greatest thing ever. At one point in my life, I had said to myself, you know, you'll have all the time in the world. You'll just be sitting around. You can do this. And I will tell you when that um, failed me. So I was about, let's see. I would have been almost a year, almost a year and a half into completing my master's degree. Uh, And I'm one of those crazy people who, when I got pregnant with my daughter, I had decided, no, healthcare really is a journey that I feel strongly about. And really, I want to provide some background for myself. I want to get better educated in this field. I want more. So I decided at about five months pregnant, I decided that I would go back and get my master's degree. No question. Right, and they say not to do things drastic, not to make drastic decisions when you're pregnant. Like, don't cut your hair, don't color your hair, don't go crazy. I did actually all of those things within one month. All the things that they tell you not to do. And one of those was including starting to get my master's in healthcare administration. So... (laughs) At about, no, so I wasn't a year and a half in now that I'm actually thinking about this. I would have been about four months into getting my master's. And this is what I said to myself. Everybody had said, oh, just take time off. You know, take take time off from work. Take time off from school. Just give yourself a break. You're going to want it. Trust me. And here I am like, oh, okay. Yeah. So that's like what happens to other people. Um, I realize you don't know me, but I'm pretty much different. And okay. Okay. That's cute. Thanks for the suggestion. Have a good day. I got this. Okay. So I only took six weeks off work, which seems crazy to everyone when I say that out loud, but this is what you should know. Those were six unpaid weeks. Unpaid. At that point, my husband and I were struggling just to pay rent and eat. Okay. Um, we like literally couldn't couldn't balance anything. Everything was kind of going unpaid. And we were about to bring a child into this world. So guess what that means? Daycare. Guess what else it means? Diapers. Guess what else it means? All the things. So (laughs) at that point, more than six weeks would have meant we may need to start living under a bridge. And so I did not have a choice. Now, what I did have a choice on was 
taking extended leave from my master's and extending my classes another eight weeks and just skipping one of my classes or putting it off. And I just remember being like, guys, I think you're confused. I have six weeks off of work. Like, I have been working full time, being pregnant, handling it, okay? And going to school full time. I got this. I'm going to be off work. Okay, so it just so happens, sorry, I should probably transition out of great things, even though this has something to do with my great thing. This is what I'm going to say. Great thing is over, we're going to transition because this is actually what we'll be talking about all day. But you need to recognize yourself for the great things that you are doing and say it out loud. If you want those bonus points that don't matter for anything, go ahead and say it out loud to yourself. You get bonus points. You get extra bonus points like I'm talking Mario Mushroom Grow to Sizes bonus points if you say it out loud to someone. Now, be careful who you say it to because the world is set up to bring you down, okay? So say it to a trusted source if you have one of those. If you do not, or you have something that is so super freaking awesome, and not just super freaking awesome like you want me to say here on the death of a dream, I became a CEO. I don't mean just that level. Like if your great thing is like mine, hey, I stayed on schedule and felt awesome about it. I want to hear about it. Go on over to nussinc.com and you can submit that even anonymously. We want to celebrate with you here on the Death of a Dream podcast and I can't wait to see that flow in. So (laughs) now we're going to get into the kind of meat and potatoes of this. Although don't eat that starch, girl. Potatoes. Mm -mm. Once in a while, okay, eat a good potato. Uh, But it cannot be the baseline of your vegetables. Okay, it's not a good one. So (laughs) right around my first week off on maternity leave, I had to start working on my master's class again. And I'm like, well, I'll just be home all day, right? I'll be sitting home with a baby, the baby will sleep, and we're all good, right? I really underestimated how good a mom I might be. I'm sorry. Overestimated how good at this I would be. I was bad. And by bad, I mean terrible. And by terrible, I mean, holy crap. And I also want to point out that I was going through math and statistics. And in case you don't know my backstory, I will tell you that at points where people had stopped me from dreaming my first dreams, it had to do with me not being good at math. And so right at this point where I was in my weakest state of mind, because I just had a baby, because hormones, people, I can't even tell you enough about the hormones, okay? You don't get it until you've gone through it. And if you haven't, I will explain it like this. Your mind 
feels good, right? Then think about your most hormonal, psychotic moment that you've ever had in your life. Imagine being placed in that moment for four weeks straight. Right? And you experience that moment, that craziest psychotic moment, every single day. Now, coupled with that is your most emotional, cry-worthy self. Like, I actually had a mental breakdown, crying tears in my bathroom because someone has suggested that I use a pacifier with my firstborn. Actual tears. Jordan, I'm telling you, you need to tell them to please leave the house. I am not using a pacifier. I have already told people that. I can't hear it again. Please. I just need a minute, Jordan. I don't know why they would say something so hurtful. Why does everyone hate me? Jordan, please. I just need a minute. Just take the baby. I'm not using a pacifier. We are not using pacifiers, okay? Please just take the baby. I'll be okay. And my husband has to just be like, What in the fuck has happened to my wife, who is one of the strongest, most confident, non-crying, pretty sure he had never seen me cry before that very moment, woman that I've ever met? Where's that person? Who the fuck is this? This is not my wife. Right? And so the, the best way that I can describe it is that you go through your most psychotic moments coupled with your lowest, most emotional moments that you'll ever have in your life on and off every day for four to 12 weeks. Okay? And that's if you're lucky and it ends and you recover. And breastfeeding doesn't also take you to those places. Now, the frequency slows, but you should know that your body and your mind falls victim to that baby for a while. Okay? So, that's my best way to describe it. I I can't even. So, anyways, I had been struggling, (laughs) struggling to get through this class and not just because of the pregnancy, also because we're coupled with me knowing that I have been told my entire life that I am terrible at this subject. And so you're now testing the one thing that I know best about myself is that I suck at this subject. And I am the least confident and unsure space that I have ever been in my life. And I still didn't take a leave. I struggled through that class so much so that I ended up getting a C plus. And I decided that I wouldn't retake that class even though had I just retaken that one class. And that one class, the one, 
was the only thing that kept me from getting a 4.0, getting my master's in healthcare administration. That one class. But you should know this. I never <laughs> stopped. I turned everything in. I got terrible grades. And there was a whole mixture of reasons why. Mostly that the class was eight weeks long. Right? And I had just a pool of emotions and struggles through that. One of them being that I had to go back to work at six weeks. Also one of them being that it would have been one of the extreme financial lows of our relationship. Six weeks without money and then coming back and having to pay more money than I've ever had to pay for something in my entire life. What are we going to do? Right? And all the while I'm going through <laughs> what you can imagine is a circus of emotions. And this is a really big struggle for me at this point because I like to be in control. So much so that I can't even actually get help with my day-to-day -day chores, people. I like to be in control. One of the things that I like to be in control of is my mindset. And up until this point in my life, I had never struggled with staying in control of my mind and my body and my emotions so much. Now, it messes with you, okay? But what did I teach myself in that moment? First and foremost, that I could have gotten a 4.0 and probably like gone to Harvard or something crazy. Not a chance. <laughs> right? But I didn't stop. And it wasn't great. And it definitely was one of my bigger fail moments of my life. But I didn't stop. And how many times do we stop because we can't find a flow? Right? I need you to increase your frequency of learning. Okay? This is what I'm here to tell you. People have always struggled to see what I see. Always. Right? Everybody would probably go home and laugh over dinner after they read a book after they just converse for a little bit, they would probably laugh about the audacity of my dreams to become a Division One volleyball player. If we want to get super specific, because I generally do, a Division One volleyball player at Michigan University. Mm-hmm. Blue and yellow. And I can tell you... That one specifically because from the day of my eighth grade year, my entire wall, like the entire thing, I had collaged in Michigan. Like cutouts from magazines, from newspapers, from pretty much anything I could get my hands on, I was cutting out and I was obsessively putting anywhere I could put it. And people probably laughed at me 
And you know what? They're probably laughing right now again. And I am here to tell you the death of that dream, that one specifically, set me up to set really small goals for my life. And this is what I'm going to tell you too. Those goals, those super small ones, I accomplished up against super crazy shit that most people don't get to see, that most people don't get to live through, that most people aren't willing to push themselves through. Right? Did it suck waking up every morning at 4 a.m. so I could work out, so I could get my mind right, then pulling my children out of bed, driving them a half hour into the place where my student athletes worked out, worked out with them. I don't think I worked out, but helped them work out only to return my children to my vehicle, drive them back to school, to daycare, only to drive myself back a half hour to work and work a full day, come home, drive myself back that same half hour, wake up, do it all again. Did that suck? Yes. Is that the kind of commitment and sacrifice that you make to reach your dreams? You know what my dream was? To be a high school volleyball coach, head high school volleyball coach. Do you know when I accomplished that? I don't know. Probably about four years in. That was my dream. That was one of them. The other one was to work in public relations, at a hospital. That was my other dream. The third one that I hadn't accomplished yet, that was the only thing left, was to build my dream house. Now, I am taking substantial steps to be able to do that, but this is what you should know. I had accomplished both of my dreams when I was the ripe old age of 25. Mm -hmm. Maybe 26. Right? And I would have spent my entire life spinning and letting everyone else direct it. And that's what I started to realize. Okay, I reached this stream. Okay, I reached the other one. And in volleyball, it was easy. I had dreamed here before. I had reached this dream. And then it was like, oh, yeah, you should just set more, right? You should set more goals. You did this. Now what? And then it looked like, okay, you know, it'd be really cool to coach at a state tournament. Let's do that. And so that became the next level up dream. And within my first year of coaching, I had coached at a state tournament. Then it was kind of like, okay, well, I guess we might as well just win a state tournament. Fuck, we've already gone this far. Let's just do that. So by my third year of coaching, I had played for two state titles and I had returned with one. So this is what I'm telling you. There is no amount of work, of sacrifice, of anything that is going to get in your way if you don't get in your way. You can out 
hustle your failures. You need to increase the frequency at which you fail. Fail and fail again. And do it again. Right? Not only are you going to learn through the process of failing, you are going to build up a resistance to that failure. And guess what happens then? You start going after it. You start doing it. You start moving through. You start breaking into new spaces that you've never been in before. You start breaking down walls and barriers and all the things, but you would never do that if you hadn't first increased your willingness to fail. That's part of it. I watched um, the Kevin Hart documentary on Netflix, which is really good. I highly recommend it. And it's called Don't Fuck This Up. So I will tell you, don't watch it with your children. There is a lot of cussing. Um, But... In that, there was one moment where he was talking about his movie Night School. And it was the first movie that he had produced through his company. And he had said it got terrible reviews. And they show all the reviews and it was just like, this movie's a joke, blah, blah, blah. And I think the the movie ended up grossing somewhere around millions of dollars, whatever. And that's what Kevin said. You have to just keep going, right? People are always going to have an opinion and people are always going to judge you because most of the time they can't do it themselves and they're not judging you out of hate for what you're doing as much as they're judging you out of hate for themselves and their unwillingness to do it. And I don't think he said it like that, but he probably should. Anyways, I think it just mirrors the intentionality you have to put behind your willingness to grow in whatever it is you want to do. You have to know that that is going to come with some pain as you venture into. Remember, Pain equals progress, okay? Your muscles hurt after you work out. People, I am telling you, that is building the body that you want. Your muscles actually break down to rebuild themselves stronger. Beautiful stuff, okay? You have to be willing to increase the frequency of your failures. And I hate calling it that because... I know every time that I've failed, it's really just been a learning curve, right? I am venturing into the space of upwards of probably four rejections from things that I've tried for lately. And it's hurting less. And I... The only thing that I'm willing to do on the back end of that is really dive into what landed other people these opportunities that didn't land them me, right? And so the next time that I go, do it again, because I'm not going to stop. You should know this. I'm coming back. I'll be back, okay? Um, The next time that I go do that, who do I need to be? What does it need to look like? Or 
Is it just that I wasn't the right fit? Because sometimes that's the reality too. And I just want to leave you with this. You have to just be willing to show up in more spaces, right? I don't ever want you to (laughs) veg out your moments of success. Sometimes it just comes from waking up and being willing to do things other people aren't, right? When I was in college, I um, went to school full-time. I played volleyball in college, so that's just an extra level of demand. I worked part-time. I did work-study, and I also coached, right? Keeping all five of those balls in the air is crazy talk when you think about it, the grand scheme of things. But why was I willing to do that? Because... Even in high school, I never stopped moving. I had goals and I had dreams and these were things that I wanted to do. And I knew that there would be other things that would help take me to that space, right? That would help grow me as a person. And I never wanted to stop moving in the direction of my goals. Now, since I never stopped kind of adding to my plate and I never stopped. Now, I will tell you after I had my baby, I definitely did. But, and this is the number one thing that I tell graduates when they leave is like, don't let your surroundings stop you from being who you are, right? Don't, if you're a hustler, if that is a part of who you are, if you have never stopped moving while you've been in high school, don't let the lazy craze stop you when you get to college, right? It's okay. It's good to keep moving because you will be faced with Saturdays and Sundays in life, right? When you leave college, all of a sudden you realize, oh, I just work like nine to five and then I come home and I can do whatever I want and I could really probably sleep until 8 a.m. And I could come home and just Netflix all night. Oh, that's like life? Yeah, that's life. And in those windows, right? That like 8 a.m. all the way back to 5 p.m., 5 p.m. to 8 a.m., in those windows, you have the opportunity to do more. You absolutely do. Right? But a lot of us just realize that, oh, this window's like my window. Well, that window really depends on who you want to be outside of your 9 to 5. Now, if your 9 to 5 is who you want to be, then you can grow. You can grow hobbies. You can grow life. You can grow any of the things that you want to do. Right? Or you can spend that time sitting around thinking about the things that you want to do. You have to increase your level of comfort in new spaces. And that is going to take commitment to keep going, keep hustling, keep moving, stay scheduled, do all the things. You can do anything you want to do. This world is set up for you to do it. And that is going to take hustle. 